Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get right now to our guest. We have Bob Moritz, PwC Chairman, with me here in Singapore, kicking things off. And I know you have a panel later today as well, Bob. Great to see you. When you look around the global landscape, though, and you were just telling me some of the travel you've done over the last sort of few weeks or so, how worried are you that we're starting to see the impacts of a big downturn? You definitely are seeing them. It's a different level of acuteness, depending on what part of the world you may be in. If you're sitting in Europe, that combination of the war, inflation, and energy pricing, and or security of it and affordability of it, is really problematic. Um, you start to see in the U.S. a fading of consumer confidence and potentially some changes in terms of what the business community is doing. If you're here in Asia, you see a little bit of a concern because of that global economy, and obviously we've had the dependency, but for some, it's still full speed ahead. Yeah. We saw uh, President Biden and Xi meet, and this is their first face-to-face -face meeting since uh, President Biden became the leader of the United States, really trying to diffuse these tensions here. But in your mind, what is the off-ramp for these tensions? And, and, and I guess, what does it mean for global business too? So first, the meeting yesterday was wanted and needed, and everybody was looking for that signal, mm. no matter what it may be in terms of where it goes, because it allows them to pivot from there. Since it was at least neutral to slightly positive, it gave a cautious optimism to the business community that there may be hope and potentially change going forward. So what do we need to see now? We actually need to see the working teams actually talk about substance and come up with some changes in terms of how we are interacting with one another. But it is causing the business community to think about different scenarios that play out. Will it get worse? Will it get better? And I want maximum flexibility so I can pivot very quickly, either to take advantage of opportunities or to minimize the downside risk as well. Yeah, and absolutely when we look at the accounting and auditing talks as well that are happening between the US and China, do you think there's going to be an agreement there? I, uh, let's be clear, um, the PCOB wanted access to inspect what work was done by auditors in China. There was an agreement reached, which is great news because mm. we've been debating this for years. You got that agreement, they did the inspection process and they have concluded we are still at stage one of a four stage process. They still need to assess the quality of the work, they need to conclude, and then they need to actually talk to one another to say how do we continue to enhance the trust in the information so investors can make the decisions that they want and have access to the right skills, opportunities, and or investment potential that might resist there. So we are at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum here in Singapore, five pillars of the new economy, and one of them is sustainability, which I know is close to your heart, and you're on a panel later today about that as well. You've also been at COP27. How far behind are we in really trying to get to some of these sustainability targets? We are far behind. Let's call it what it is. A lot of commitments have been made over the last couple of years, but our own research shows that we've got to move 11 times faster than we have in the last two decades. Mm. That's a huge uh, demand momentum. Um, and unfortunately, we are not fulfilling the commitments that are being uh, put forth. I would say the COP meeting last week was another inflection point 
but it didn't capitalize and build on the momentum in scale and speed necessary to make it happen. So we've got a lot more work to do. The business community is clearly engaged now, which is great. And you're starting to see that both in terms of their commitments turning into actions and results, and we're getting the capital into the right places to try to scale that up, to try to find the technologies and the other innovations that will help quite a bit. But a lot more work needs to be done both by business and governments. What's PwC doing? PwC has made a commitment already in terms of where we want to go from our own net zero perspective. Our offices today are direct responsibilities for admissions. We've already transferred 97% of them into renewable energy sources in terms of dependency. The big issue for us is scope three. It's when we're using other service providers and we are re-looking at those in terms of working with our business partners to say, what else can we do working with you, not by ourselves, with you as part of the ecosystem to change that. That goes to the hotels we stay in, the airlines that we use, the way we transport our people from place to place to place. And that's the work we have ongoing right now. What are some of the worst things we're doing? I was reading your LinkedIn post and I know you're talking about fast fashion for example yeah so if you look the individual industry sectors are spending time doing three things one how do we actually enhance the sector itself and become more sustainable so the fashion industry is a great one where you talk about um, the use of cotton or cashmere or other aspects like that but second what else can they be doing with governments to say what can we change in terms of the rules and regulations that speeds up the curve of change and third how do we evidence to the consumer that we actually have a sustainable product because at some point the consumers want to see that the question is will they pay for it yeah but they at least want to acknowledge it and they want to have trust in the information in terms of the choices they're making can i talk a little bit about your business here is pwc potentially considering a split of the audit and advisory business absolutely like not okay. um, let me be very clear our strategy is focused on two pillars, trust, because the world needs more of it, and helping businesses and governments get to the sustained outcomes they're looking for. In order to do that, we need all of the competencies we have in PwC today in scale. And as a result, our organizational structure, the way we are set up, is fit for purpose relevant to that strategy and the expectation of our stakeholders. We'll continue to watch to see if we need to move like any good business. Mm. But as of today and for the foreseeable future, we don't see a need to change. We want to continue to invest. And we see big opportunities in parts of this world as well. Asia PAC in particular is a big opportunity for us. And we think it's going to be for the next 10 to 20 years. And as a result, we're investing a lot of time, energy, and money in building up our skills and capabilities. Yeah, you told me you've been in Asia. You're staying in Asia. You're coming back to India. Tell us what you're looking for. What kind of acquisitions? So today what we're looking for is more skill sets in the area of cloud and digital as well as ESG. And the combination of those two things are fundamental to any business and country in terms of wanting to remain relevant going forward. If you're going to rethink your supply chain, you actually have to do it with digital technologies in mind, as well as then an ESG agenda in mind. The other thing that's interesting, Juliet, when we talk about supply chains, mm. one of the challenges is do the companies have the right information so it's not only the producers, it's actually the companies themselves being able to predict better. What do they need? Where do they need it? When do they need it? And at what price are they going to pay for that? Yeah. That's huge in terms of information analytics and data key to that. And that's why those two areas are really important for us in terms of the skill sets we need. One of the things we're watching very closely in the financial world is, I guess, kind of you could call it the implosion of what's been happening in the crypto space. When it comes to disclosure regulations, what kind of international standards do you see are needed in the auditing world to kind of get investor sentiment a bit more positive there? Yeah, there, there's two things that have to happen. One is making sure that the shareholders, the investors, and the broader stakeholders have the necessary information to compare and contrast companies to see what progress have they made in the area of people, planet, good governance, et cetera. 
And second, how can they compare one company versus another? Because that investor activism in terms of where they put their money or the consumer activism or employee activism, which is going to be equally important over the next decade, is really important. So we need to land a set of standards to have that comparability. Second, then, is how do you get more trust in that information? And that's where the auditors play a really important role in terms of the type of work, similar to what they do in financial information, has mm. to be applied now to the non-financial information, because those two things are going to go hand in hand as we think about investment thesis and where people want to put their capital. You talked about expanding and looking at this area. On a macro business level, though, this is the time of year when I'm sure you and your board are having discussions. Are you looking at slowing hiring? Are you looking at expanding? Are you looking at adjusting wages to deal with inflation? So as we look at the external world and us as a professional services organization, you need more trust. And those CEOs and C-suite need more help dealing with inflation, cost pressure, supply chain, ESG, digitization, and broader transformation. So we don't see a slowdown in our ability to serve them. So mm -hmm. as a result, our investment thesis that we put forward about 18 months ago still continues. So we're ramping up the hiring at a level that we had consistent with the previous year. We do not see a slowdown. Now, having said that, you definitely have to reflect the market in terms of talent, mm. the cost of that talent. And there is inflationary pressures, but it's not just the money. It's actually how do you treat people? So what's happening there is you have to be really good in terms of the comp and benefits. So that is an inflationary pressure we have to be mindful of, which will potentially erode profits and, and EBITDA. But second, how are you setting up the right success for those individuals? We hire 30 plus thousand people a year from universities alone, and we're about 330,000 people plus around the world. We have to re-engineer the work. We have to give them the appropriate skills and benefits, and skills is equally important. We have to make sure they've got a comfort level in the organization, and they need to have more optionality in terms of the choices, in terms of what they do from their career path perspective. And that goes to both career path and where and when and how do they work each and every day. Bob Moritz has been an absolute pleasure having you with us at the Bloomberg New Economy Forum here in Singapore, which is kicking off today. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.